It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay! It is episode 10. Woo! We made it. Double figures. We made it. It's double figures. <laughs> hey. We are. We get a badge. We get a medal. Yep. We give ourselves a certificate. Yeah. Letter, um, from, the, letter from the Queen. <laughs> I hear she's a regular listener. Hey, I tell you what. If we, <laughs> if we got our. First proper question from the Queen. Well, that'd be so good. I'm a, I'm a 91 year old woman of enormous privilege. <laughs> Is that how we go? <laughs> I'm in a heterosexual relationship with another with an elderly gentleman. Can you give us some tips about how to improve our sex life? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Your Royal Highness, Worshipfulness. or Elizabeth. Yeah, Liz. Liz. <laughs> Lizzie. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, it'd be nice to get some questions, won't it? Maybe now we've done our tenth podcast, we might get some more questions. Yes, now you can take us seriously because we've made it to ten. You know that we're going to stay. I mean, we're not going anywhere. No. We've got a mic. <laughs> we've got we a mic, we're not afraid to use it. <laughs> <laughs> we're just recording this bullshit yeah. until you... <laughs> send us some questions exactly we're just going to keep mecking them up in fact we came up with about three or four different questions today didn't we but we decided to focus on yeah. our fabulous scene that's right mm. um, we're going to do those at another time probably or um, but yeah we've got this zine that we relaunched, we uh, launched on the same day we launched our book yeah. and our website and our first podcast so probably not the best timing no to we may have overwhelmed people with stuff all on the same day Just so much isn't there so yeah. um we thought yeah, we'd return we... to the scene and that's right look so at it afresh exactly so that's what <laughs> we're doing springtime now. kind of a way <laughs> <laughs> so like our book uh mm. it's to help you to um enjoy sex and to tune into what it is you may actually want rather than to do what it is that you feel like you should do which is what we say every single sex advice book absolutely yeah. So in addition to that, we've written the Make Your Own Sex Manual zine, which is like a workbook for you to download and print out or just to look at on your phone. And it's a series of activities, which is really kind of graphical, very lots of uh, pictures that NJ drew brilliantly. Oh, uh, yes. The kind of, I did like the graphic design in inverted commas. You are so good at graphic design. Uh, you're like, so good a, at drawing. Oh, it's such a perfect combination. It's really nice. And yeah. so we hope that it's kind of... Um, a really user-friendly and quick and interactive kind of uh, zine for you uh, to work through by yourself or with a partner or partners and to figure out what it is that you may be up for in terms of maybe what what you want from sex. Yeah, because like there's a lot of, I mean, in the mainstream we don't even come across this idea of a yes-no-maybe list, right? Like that even isn't in mainstream sex advice, but you do get that in some communities, this kind of idea of you can create this list of things you're up for um, and things that you wouldn't be up for and that can be a useful thing to do with a partner or on your own and then share with a partner. And we wanted to take it a bit beyond that because we thought, well, there's a lot more besides doing that kind of list that would be useful to, to for people to share with the people they're having sex with yeah so we start with why do people have sex and then thinking about why it is that you may want to have sex and the different the, there are different reasons for people having sex isn't it even really something that's talked about yeah um uh we've got like that inventory thing the idea of that there are lots of different things that count as sex but also we kind of unpacked we unpack the different contexts for sex the different kinds of relationships in which sex may or may not happen. Mm. Um, 
uh, differences between identity behavior and desire and how they sometimes overlap and sometimes don't different spectrums of sexuality which we're going to talk about today mm. uh, the di- different dynamics that you may find hot mm-hmm. getting to focus on your sexual history uh, red amber green flags um, about what is going to be difficult for you what uh, and what is kind of good for you in a sexual relationship with somebody yeah um, the body map we've got of like how getting people to think about what they what where they like to be touched or stimulated mm-hmm. and how their body responds in different places and thinking about particular body parts as well mm-hmm. um oh siri thinks that i just said that to siri on my phone oh uh, no <laughs> siri's about to respond can you answer can, will you send us a question <laughs> siri we'll we'll ask one of your questions <laughs> can you answer siri <laughs> i will go away <laughs> oh siri Oh, he's gone. Oh. <laughs> we didn't get my lovely Australian accented. Oh, I don't Siri. think I've ever heard to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. We talk about different arousal patterns, so getting away from the simple linear idea of, oh, I always forget what it is, the orgasm, oh, excitement. Getting away from Masters and Johnson. Masters and Johnson. Yeah, yeah. And then lots of stuff about uh, communication involving consent. Um, and talking about talking, metacommunication. Being present for sex. Yeah, yeah. So, and safe sex. So it's packed, it's, it's jam-packed, jam-packed with, with stuff. stuff. Yeah, that, and all f- to fill in yourself. So. Exactly. Yeah. So and we hope you find it useful. So but today we're going to talk about page eight, which is, which is spectrums of sexuality. And this is one where we're looking at the different kind of dynamics of sex, but also we're looking at... Um, some of the different well spectrums of yeah. sex, and that these may be relevant to some of you, or uh, or they may all be relevant to to all of you. But it, we're going to kind of go through them and, yeah. and see. It seems to me it's a good way of challenging. Like usually we have this idea of proper sex and proper sexuality, and it's just this mm. one thing, yeah. and anything else isn't quite as good. You yeah. know, like the idea that penis and vagina sex is proper sex, and anything else isn't quite as good, right? Yeah. Or the ending in an orgasm, whatever. Um, I think the spectrums of sex and sexuality just help us to see there's actually this diverse range, yeah. and actually wherever you are on the spectrum is fine. Yeah. There's no right and wrong to that. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's helpful for people when they're having sex with somebody else as well because mm. it can be like okay I'm here on the spectrum you're there you know like mm. maybe I'm a num- number one on the scale of one to ten and you're at number ten yeah. so this one's going to be a bit tricky yeah. whereas we're both five on this spectrum so that's probably a bit simpler but exactly. without any bl- you know it's so common for people to especially in relationship, long term relationships to kind of have a bit of a blame sense of mm. like oh well this person should be more sexual if they're not sexual enough or this person oh, should be less se- sexual if they're too sexual thing, isn't it? yeah it's the then the, the the cultural scripts around sex really come into play there, don't they? That like uh, often when the research comes out around, you know, how often couples have the average couple has sex in a week, for yeah. instance, and it's like, you know, actually we're saying that in your relationships it might be completely okay not to have sex. Yes. Yeah. You know, this we're hoping the zine is suitable for folk who are asexual. Exactly. Or exactly. Maybe asexual. Yeah. 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 So, but it's this idea of like cultural norms around sex that we kind of want to get away from and mm. it stops you from blaming each other but also it just allows you just to notice yeah oh actually i am a little bit less, less sexual than the other person exactly and let's think of all these spectrums as well as something we might move around during our lives we might stay yeah. in exactly the same place but we might also move around so it's okay to say you know we, you could use this this page eight to chart where you generally are mm. and or you could use it to chart where are you this moment 
you yeah. know and either either way is helpful you know Definitely. all of it goes up and down doesn't it like you know kinky to not kinky well you know you probably feel more kinky on some days than you do on others you know yeah and the same with top and bottom which we talked about the other the, the other week that you know mm. you, people can switch from being a top to a bottom within yeah. seconds so again the other thing to say about the spectrums is actually again it's also fine if you have a, spe- a place on the spectrum and you never move from it yeah and it's also fine if you move around all over the place exactly. you don't have to be consistent and you don't have to be fl- flexible no it, neither of those is like a good necessarily a good thing or a bad thing it no, just is right. it is what it is and it's like it's not even necessarily asking you to change things. we'll get to it in a second yeah it's not even like <laughs> getting you to change it it's just about don't struggle with the idea of what it is you should be doing just this helps you to notice what is actually happening for you right exactly now. yeah except you, except you will struggle with the idea of what you should be doing because everybody does yeah and that's okay escape. as well exactly you can't escape that <laughs> yeah but we help you we'll we'll try and do our best we try yeah <laughs> uh, okay so like we've already talked about this one a little bit so the first, first spectrum, spectrum yeah. is like um how sexual i am not at all to highly sexual um I guess we would like kind of in other parts of the zine, people would be unpacking what sexual means for them and yeah. what we mean by sex. Well, that's important as well because mm. again, as I said, I've been recently reading a lot about asexuality mm. in terms of some uh, people who've been doing big studies on that, and um, and in for some asexual people, what they mean is anything. Mm. You know, it's just like nowhere in the erotic kind of space is interesting to them. Mm. But quite a lot of um, asexual people, it's much more specific about not wanting penis and vagina sex, for yeah. example, and actually other kinds of sensual or even erotic or even orgasmic kind of touch mm. can be something they do want. It's just a, you know, again, it speaks to how how solidly embedded that idea of proper sex is yeah. that people some people have to call themselves asexual even just to say I don't want yeah. that you know yeah. Um, gosh yeah but it's again there's such a spectrum so it's not um, no one's saying there's the right or wrong definition of asexual it's really important for people to define it for themselves what it's generally defined as is lack of sexual attraction yeah but again it depends what sexual attraction means to you some people have very strong romantic attractions and they're still asexual for example yeah. or even erotic ones that are more like a creative or a spiritual kind of mm. erotic energy rather than a, a sexy sexy one yeah. like one of the things I examined was like about people who really loved Zumba and they felt this mm. really erotic charge doing Zumba mm. which felt to them way better than what they thought of as sex yes. you know and then it's you know the question is well what even counts as sex you know a room full of people doing Zumba could be sexual definitely mm. and we definitely also cover that in our book enjoy sex how when and if you want to we do indeed well, subtitle enjoy zumba uh, <laughs> yeah you well you could read the book and apply it all to zumba yeah if you wanted to totally or like anything else yeah coffee yeah coffee. Wait, we actually talk about coffee well i think that's the sore point you've brought up there since i'm oh, not allowed I'm to drink coffee at the moment and now i just feel a bit deflated so i'm sorry know, thanks for that Oh, no. I've been poorly and I can't have trouble. coffee every time I try and have it my poor stomach's like no, no Justin's in trouble <laughs> oh, you did make me a nice cup of fruit tea though there you go yeah um, so the how sexual we are could pertain could talk could be about particular kind of sexual acts even as yeah. well as like how much we may want to have sex right and yeah. that's how we deal with differences in desire and fluctuations of desire with a person actually mm. if we look if we put on the table all the different kinds of things that may count as sex even yeah. including zumba yeah. or hugs or cuddles or whatever um then actually even somebody who might not be feeling very sexual at all may actually like some 
yeah. quite a lot of those activities, but they might not be defined by the other person as as sexual as some other things. So yeah, there's lots of different kinds of spectrums at play there, aren't there? Exactly. So for each of these, you could like make your own different ones that apply better to your context. But I yeah. think the basis of this one is to say it's fine to be anywhere on a spectrum of not at all sexual to very mm-hmm. highly sexual, and it's just about being it being fine to locate yourself there. Yeah. And then not to feel like you should move towards where somebody else is on that. It's or or some idea of what's normal, you know. Yeah. It's Absolutely. it's like you know there is no the you know in in psychology normal means like the normal distribution, which is like the bell curve. So mm. you would expect to have people at both extremes and in the middle and all over it. And mm. you know, so in a sense, being normal means being diverse, right? Wow. <laughs> blow my mind thank you <laughs> I think I just blew my own <laughs> um, so the next one I think is um, there's quite a lot to say about this and I think potentially that the, the role I prefer to take during sex from active to passive mm. uh, I think we talked a bit about this with the in the top and bottom yeah that's right I think there's some stuff in here around again like in the top and bottom podcast around gender um, yeah some of the stuff that we're uh, that we're brought up with yeah, that so we're taught, that we're, we're definitely to our yeah, we're definitely taught in, in the sex advice books. It's there as well. That's yeah. one thing I really noticed in sex advice books is like the books aimed at men often have a chapter on seduction, and yeah. none of the books aimed at women have that. Yeah. So that goes yeah. to show this active and passive thing. It's like assumed a guy needs to seduce and needs to um, initiate sex mm. and needs to be the one driving sex. Yeah. Um, and needs to come, you know. Yeah. And that's like that's I love all. It bound up in the language as well isn't it like even penetration is like kind of it's a very active kind of yeah. uh, term isn't it yeah it's we don't use enveloping sex no exactly. yeah which no. would be the kind of uh, yeah if a vulva was uh, yeah. a vagina was to envelop yeah. as an active part yeah uh, and but it's uh, but then when we look at uh, the different ways in which even if you are in, interested in penetrative slash mm enveloping sex yeah. many ways in which you can do that then somebody could envelop somebody and it's a very very active yeah. uh, kind of sex um, if for instance they're on top of the other person and they're yeah. doing all of the driving yeah. Yeah. yeah or moving their body to kind of yank an orgasm out of the other person or Definitely. something like that so I guess that mm. the, you know, we're saying here that uh, it's okay to be at any point on the spectrum yeah but I guess what if somebody's really like struggling to talk about what it is that they're wanting from sex? Is that I mean, if somebody? Well, I guess I'd say there is something in all of these spectrums about if you if the place you're at is mm. somewhere you're a bit uncomfortable with. Yeah. Then it doesn't mean that you can't sort of think about that. So, yeah. so, so again, some people who are on the highly sexual end of that first mm. spectrum might feel like, gosh, I, I just need sex too often, and it yeah. makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So that might be something that they want to look into a bit. And yeah. similarly with this one, if you say, you know, actually, I generally prefer to take the passive role yeah. because actually I find it really scary to admit what I'm into. Yeah. Well, that maybe is something you want to look at yeah. and do something about. Yeah. Whereas if it's like, no, no, actually, I'm, I'm just really comfortable being the one that has stuff done to them and if I'm with somebody who really likes doing stuff that's a perfect combo definitely and similarly if we're if you might find that you're kind of uncritically accepting the the stuff that you were brought up with around related to gender yeah like if you're a bloke and you've been taught that it's really important for you to be taking the active role all the time and you, you yeah. that has to be a thing for you because of that then that might be something for you to think about for yourself yeah something you haven't really unpacked at all yeah and you might think actually with some of these spectrums mm, what about if i experiment with trying 
being in other places on the spectrum yeah. and just see what that's like you know if that Definitely. feels like safe enough for you to do, to explore could be very valuable for somebody who's always been inactive to have a go at being passive and vice versa and it may help with the many people who report having a problem with sex around mm. 50% of people report having a problem with sex yeah. and that's really suggests that 10% of people are distressed with their sex lives which yeah. is a lot that is a lot um, so you know these cultural the, the, the what we're taught about sex and the culture around sex can only get you so far right mm-hmm. so by unpacking it that you can with things like our zine and our book that can <laughs> help yeah. you to enjoy it more uh, how when and if you want to <laughs> the second plug mm-hmm. uh, let's go for three plugs for every episode right okay do that. we've got one more to, to put in there yeah one more you so the next spectrum is I prefer to have and it's from solo sex mm. to sex with someone again we talked about this the other week in episode eight i think about mm. um how the we talked about girl ruben's charm circle of sexuality again about how actually sex with someone is the only kind of proper sex and yeah that's, that anything else doesn't really count that we don't solo see sex. solo sexes yeah proper yeah. sex and absolutely it is and again it's a useful one to challenge and you know try and make as much time for solo sex you know it again if you want to um to see how that to see how that is to sort of treat it with as much seriousness as Mm. sex with another person i mean we cover this in our book about how to make time for and make space for solo sex within the context of a partnered sexual relationship didn't we yeah and how actually it's well um it should be your right to have solo sex. Exactly, because really. it can feel tricky if you live with somebody, especially, mm. to sort of go off and say, oh, I'm actually going to have some solo sex. Yeah. And, you know, it's sort of like there can be a sense of, well, it would be better if the other person joined you. Well, not necessarily, no. you know, um, especially because people have different sexual desires and it might be that someone's using solo sex to enjoy some things that their partner's really not that into. Yeah. Um, or yeah. a way of dealing with fluctuations or discrepancies in desire. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or to yeah to explore some some fantasies that uh, it's just easier to do by yeah. yourself. And so for some folks as well, solo sex is just so much safer. Whether mm. they've had negative sexual experiences in their lives, um, totally. or um, or just you know they enjoy it more, or just they find it difficult to go into the kind of headspaces they want to go into with another person yeah. there, all kinds of reasons. So it's fine to say actually my preference is for solo sex yeah. um, maybe I only want sex with someone else in very specific circumstances or maybe I don't want it at all and that would be fine yeah yeah uh, next one is uh, how close I prefer the relationship to be for sex so mm. not at all to very yeah and we were thinking about the uh, Esther Perel's really great book on this mating in captivity that's right uh, which was talking about the real challenge in in uh long-term uh, uh, monogamous relationships around mm. around how to have the support and the closeness and the intimacy and the warmth of a relationship but also the mm. heat and the passion and the desire and the yeah so, so some people might say actually I don't want a close relationship at all for sex because mm. I find sex is only exciting where there's that newness mm. um, uh, and maybe people who are just into hookups or casual encounters or going to parties for sex or that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, of course, there's people at the other end of the spectrum who would only feel safe enough or enjoyment enough with sex if they were with someone they were really close to yeah. um, in a particular context. And again, everything in between. Or it might be that you enjoy both of the ends of the spectrum equally yeah. uh, or get something sort of different out of 
the more casual encounters versus the ones with someone you're close to definitely mm. and that that is okay yep and and that they that might change and that there are ways of accommodating this in a, even in a monogamous relationship there are ways of accommodating this yeah um uh, we talked about with solo sex for instance you know that's a way yeah. of accommodating having very uh hot very kind of passionate sex life within the context of yeah. a relationship where it might be quite comforting uh, mm. kind of touch or not and very much of that <coughs> yeah and another way i think esther perel talks about is you know if we, if we start to recognize that we've all got different sides to ourselves mm. then it can be about bringing different sides of yourselves to an encounter with a with a partner who you are really close to but it can feel very new and different yeah if it's if you're bringing a different side of yourself into the sexual encounter than yeah. the one you see in an everyday definitely um, yeah so whilst non, non-monogamous relationships are obviously another great way of dealing with being in different places on the spectrum mm-hmm. there are ways of doing it in monogamous relationships as well I mean we would also say in our book enjoy sex however if you want to that's it um, <laughs> you're not going to mention it at the end then yeah I will okay. I'm going to go for four four maybe even five <laughs> um that uh, to the, a good way of looking at sex is to be present around sex with every single encounter and to try to treat every single time we do it like it's the first time. Yeah, so uh, in that sense, even with a really long-term partner, it still kind of could be new and exciting because yeah. their their body is at a different place than they've ever been before and, yeah, yeah. it is a new encounter. So the next one, uh, kinky to not kinky. Yeah. Uh, MJ, do you want to... Wow, what do we mean by kinky is the question, isn't it, here? Um, (laughs) Yeah, but um, so we we were saying before that in some ways, you know, in terms of going back to that Gail Rubin idea, the charmed Mm. circle of the kind of things that are seen as normal and good natural kind of sex, Mm. in some ways anything outside of, you know, penis and vagina sex leading to orgasm might be seen as kinky under that kind of model. Um, But actually most people are talking about BDSM here aren't they they're Mm -hmm. talking about bondage and discipline dominance and submission and sadomasochism Mm -hmm. so stuff that involves power or sensation of some kind Mm -hmm. um, often outside of that you know as well as or outside of that kind of more genital focused sex yeah and Mm -hmm. it certainly wasn't invented when uh, Fifty Shades of Grey came (laughs) no it's been around a little while longer than that (laughs) it became something that people talked about quite a lot more I mean we can't get away from the fact that um, millions and millions and millions of copies of those books have been that's right it's suggesting quite a lot of people were into something at least a little bit kinky I mean my memory likes the fact that it's a romance well, it's just is, a love story, isn't it? Is, just, it will it. <laughs> well, she's not wrong. No. <laughs> it's very Mills and Boone. <laughs> Other people's mums, apparently, they say it's a bit tame for them. So, you know, ah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, talking to everyone's mums about what she's. <laughs> it's my life now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and a lot of people are either into actually practicing some form of kink yeah. or fantasise about some kind of kink. It's. Mm. much more popular than a lot of people would think yeah I think the stats are that around 60% of people are into bondage fantasies mm. so and I think it's around a 50% mark for spanking so these mm. kind of things are really common yeah. some kind of like in the idea of being restrained a bit or yeah. um, you know some kind of sensation or some kind of naughtiness it depends mm. across cultures as well because it's influenced a bit by you know what's seen as taboo in a culture can be 
then turned into what is kinky for some people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the spectrum, you know, so it could be that you're at the end of like, actually, I have to have kinky. Mm. You know, I'm not into vanilla, is yeah. what they would call it, sex. Yeah. Um, and then other people, it could be, you know, I'm only vanilla, like really no kink, really yeah. not at all. And yet other people could involve, could enjoy both equally mm. or be somewhere in the middle, you know, uh, yeah. I guess in a, in terms of Fifty Shades of Grey, you could say that Christian was at the far end of kinky and Anna is uh, likes kinky fuckery. Uh, which is a somewhere in the Anne Summers kind of version of kinky fluffy handcuffs and okay, I mean if we're going to go down the Fifty Shades route so <laughs> yeah. they're both on different spectrums at different places right well so, they are so he's very kinky she's not kinky to yes, start with to start with I've only they're, read the first they're one. completely opposite ends. but then she prefers the relationship to be really very close for sex and yeah. he prefers it not at all to be close right and that's like for me is the, mm. the whole story arc of the book isn't it that it's about them switching on those spectrums yeah that he comes to her well he comes to her end of the spectrum really. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I hate those well yeah and it goes to show how that's why they're so normative aren't they because yeah. it, it's like the right way of doing it becomes the way that they're doing it in the end that's right if mm. imagine if the books had started the other way around yeah yeah, uh, and actually, it was very, it was a very close, romantic relationship. But then one person wanted it to go in a kinky direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other person wanted it, didn't want that. But it, yeah, they that gradually was, came there. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be a very different story, wouldn't it? With, but it's the most common story, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. It's where a relationship doesn't start being very kinky, but then one person becomes more kinky. That's true. Than it's more 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 likely to go that way around, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No one's writing best-selling books about that. Well, maybe that's our next book there. <laughs> um, Try our hand at a little erotic writing. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Uh, so, the next scale is related, is uh, yeah. and and we get into the scales that we kind of talked about a lot on our top and bottom. Yeah, so perhaps we, we won't say so much about them. Really but submissive to dominant, um, yeah. again, only relevant if you're into sort of dominance and submission, mm. at least to some level. Although a lot of people like a little bit of power yeah. in with their sex, so you don't have to think it as big D dominance and submissive. It could be just a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, again, where would you like to be? But you know, do you enjoy both those spaces? Do you enjoy neither of them and mm-hmm. this is irrelevant to you? Do you like being somewhere in the middle? Um, and then top and bottom the same. Mm. And, and so, we, as we said in the podcast we did before, mm. dominant and submissive are more about power usually mm. and top and bottom are used a bit more as to be about who's giving the sensation and who's getting it, yeah. broadly speaking. Yeah, but those two can definitely overlap and... yeah. Um, so you uh, could like yeah. being a submissive bottom or a dominant top or you could like being a submissive top and a dominant bottom even though there's, there's a little less common yeah yeah. if you're finding this confusing if you buy the zine you'll see <laughs> it's all there in front of you yes um, okay preferred, le- preferred length of sessions yeah, we've not really talked about this very much have we no. like, um, I guess for some people uh, sex is like a very it's like a it's a three course dinner it's it's a tasting menu dressed, it's a tasting menu <laughs> it's getting dressed up it's going out and yeah. it all has to be kind of like that it has yeah. to have a really clear kind of lead up and a beginning and a middle and an end and an after and it's yeah. all very or maybe like it's a long scene you even make like a whole day for it or yeah. half a day for it or even a whole weekend, weekend. for it yeah, yeah. And uh, it's going for the whole time. And then other people just, you know, they get turned on, they want the shag, and they quite like it to be quite a quick encounter, yeah. a quick wank or a quick shag, and that'll do it for them. 
And also, like, how much time do people have, yeah. right? I mean, the whole, uh, the kind of, I think one of the things that a lot of people find frustrating around what's said about sex is that the only kind of really passionate or really interesting or really sexy sex is the long, drawn-out tasting yeah. menu sex. Uh-huh. And actually, that's not realistic for a lot of no. people. Well, you couldn't have that, as, in terms of food, you couldn't have that every night. No, exactly. <laughs> and you certainly couldn't have sex like that all of the time either. No, exactly. Yeah, and not everybody wants sex to be their hobby or their leisure pursuit. No. It's like we're kind of encouraged to treat it as that, but for a lot of people, that's not really... They've got other things they'd rather be doing. I mean, let, but let's talk about But it's okay, on the one hand, for you to have as much sex as you watch telly, yeah. for instance. You know, yeah. like we talked about in the masturbating mm-hmm. uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that came out wrong. <laughs> that's not what that podcast was about. It's episode <laughs> eight. You'll know if you listen to it. Um, but... Um, yeah, on the one hand, we can people can spend as much or as little time having sex as they want, but uh, but, yeah. but but if you don't do it for long enough, you get castigated. And yeah. If you do it for too long, you get castigated. Well, absolutely. It's like there's Goldilocks, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's absolutely Goldilocks. You're meant to people... do it for twenty-five to forty minutes. That's right. Was, people take the piss out of Sting, don't they? Yeah. Tantra and and that and you know it's like yeah for some people it, some people make it their main hobby you know some people mm-hmm. spend a lot of their money on sexy toys and mm-hmm. you know they, they spend a lot of their leisure time on you know going to parties yeah. or having sex of various kinds and again for other people you know it's not their thing and, and just in the same way that different sports you know uh, some people might not be in sports at all some people might be into a variety yeah. of different sports in their leisure time it's fine I mean, yeah, one person isn't more proficient or better or at sex than, than no. another person in that context. Well, no. It's like, just because somebody isn't spending all that time and effort and money yeah. on their sex life doesn't mean that they're in, into it or not no. invested in sex. Exactly, exactly. Especially as it's all about the match anyway. So it's like you, if yeah. you got together with somebody who was a brilliant tantra practitioner but actually you were all about, you know, quick and dirty kind of yeah. sex then it wouldn't be a great combo and you can also have incredibly um incredibly intense quite kinky kind of sex sessions in very mm-hmm. short space of time you know yeah. even just a, a look or a moment or a touch i was gonna say that yeah it's, it's seconds when we take when we expand out our understanding of what counts as sex yeah. you know it literally could be that the most exciting thing could just be this really fleeting glance or you know a few yeah. words spoken couldn't it yeah, that yeah, can yeah. be hotter than you know anything definitely mm. again we should be writing we should be writing some filth yeah <laughs> um, the more ex- the next spectrum uh, mm. penultimate spectrum more excited by words dynamics images than the physical I think this links into another bit of the um, mm. zine that we've written about the the, the different spaces that we can occupy the the role space and the yeah uh, the trance space and the intimacy space that yeah, sometimes we... that it's about um, that we can be more excited by roles and, mm. uh, and what we say to each other and the kind of the, the, the scene or the, the the fantasy that we're in and sometimes it's about literally what is happening and yeah physically and it depends yeah it depends on what your particular sexual kind of map is mm. you know which which of these are going to be more for you or again it might be that it's all of them uh, to a certain extent but yeah so we're thinking at one end of the spectrum it's folks who are more maybe more into the kind of creative the mm. st- reading stories or looking at images or mm. thinking enjoying particular dynamics with another person whereas at the other end it's much more like it's the physical sensation mm. um and some people need the two together you know 
and some people don't. Some people can have the whole thing happen in their head mm. and be particularly perfectly happy yeah. with that as their you know solo sex life. But it's interesting that that so uh, little again of sex advice and sex education is around the words dynamic, dynamics yeah. and images. It's all a physical, like yeah. like literally all here's positions you know to yeah. have sex in, and here's erogenous zones and how you need to touch them. Yeah. Um, and I think I would like it that it kind of evened out that we actually had mm. half half of it all was on the words dynamics images kind of end and half of it was on the physical because at the moment if you're at that end you feel like you're pretty freaky Mm. um and you're not you know you're actually got in common with a hell of a lot of people based on the studies that have been done definitely and we've got an upcoming zine about that uh which will help you to explore some of that stuff for yourself yeah we've got a whole zine on neurotic fantasies but it might be as well like cyber sex and things would count at that end you know yeah. people who are just re- they'd rather go online and meet someone like perfectly compatible and have a kind of cyber exchange with them about what they imagine doing to each other would be far more appealing than getting together physically with somebody who might have a lot less in common for, for example I mean, and I, we can bring in here the idea that somebody might be more interested in looking at porn or reading or erotic yeah. fiction than having partner sex with another person, which is well, exactly. all very physical. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the kind of erotic fiction kind of online communities, mm. you know, it's all about spending the, the leisure time of sex for them. It's mm. about writing and reading mm. erotic fiction. Um, and that can be an incredibly, you know, creative and wonderful way to spend time. But again, sometimes that's pathologised, isn't it, by folk, you know, people yeah. saying, oh, it's always a... I imagine it's a... It's, I imagine it appears in a left, leftish, left-of-centre newspaper column oh, I on should a imagine. Sunday or a Monday. I should imagine that those columnists do sometimes... My partner's so. more interested in porn than me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'd be like... And, and yeah, let's what's the yeah, let's hear the rest of that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, not assuming that that would be a problem. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the last thing then is the preferred intensity of sensations. Yeah, so, that's if if you like sensations at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you like you know do you prefer low to high? So this is you know again there's often an assumption that well if you find two people who are into some particular kind of sensation mm. say that you know spanking is an, uh, an mm-hmm. obvious one that they would want the same thing but no it could be somebody likes it really gently and somebody likes it really rough yeah. you know really hard yeah and the same with all kinds of sex so. I mean, this could also be about intensity of um, of just more kind of more generally. Like mm. uh, we were talking earlier about how uh, some people find just like, might find speaking about sex or talking about uh, mm. talking to each other or uh, the kind of the visual element of sex might be too intense for them. Yeah, people might just prefer it to be a bit more kind of yeah under the covers in the dark. Yeah, you know, a little bit kind of more you muted. Know, that, yeah. yeah, a bit more muted because it's just. It can be a bit much for some people. Well, exactly, sensory like sensory overload. And yeah, talking during sex is a good example of that, isn't mm. it? It's like for some people, it can be massively uh, horny to to have to, to talk to each other during sex or talk mm. dirty or whatever. And for for other people, it can really jolt them out of the zone because yeah. they need this kind of low level intensity that too much stimulation yeah. just stops them being able to kind of really zone into yeah. the, being present and kind of going off in their in their little trance. Definitely. Yeah. And for some folk that. Uh, sex might be kind of very close to like a relaxing activity like yeah. a kind of or something that people do to kind of unwind in which mm. case that might be, they might be looking for quite low kind of sensations you know th- thinking of like 
massages with the music on before yeah. bed or with candles or something, which might be really... That's a really good point, isn't it? It's almost a bit like drugs, you know, in the sense that there's uppers and downers and mm. people might, you know, generally speaking, you might be all about sex being an upper and making you quite high and or mm. you might be all about sex being a downer and being keep getting you really chilled out yeah. and that could be somewhere that could, you could be compatible or incompatible with somebody else on or it might be that sometimes you like it the one way and sometimes the other. Yeah. Mm. So that's just page eight. I mean, imagine <laughs> if you've got the whole zine. Yeah. How much of your, how much you could start to really uh, unpack for you what's going on with the sex you may or may not want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's uh, available now at our website, megjohnandjustin.com forward slash publications. Yep. Uh, you can just click and download and pay via PayPal or via credit or debit card. Yeah. Uh, where our other zine is also available. Yes. Create your own relationship use guide. The relationship guides. use guide. So they're really a pair. They work yeah. well together. You can say the one shows you how you like to do relationships and the other one's about how you like to do sex. Yeah. Uh, but we will be adding to them. We have many plans yes. for zines in the coming months. <laughs> and also at that page at megjohnandjustin.com forward slash publications you can see where you can buy our book Enjoy Sex How uh, if you want to. Uh, Is it still, still cheap at WH Still cheap at WH Smith. Yeah. 5.49 or something. Oh. Do leave a review. Do buy a book. <laughs> Do talk about our book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so until next time, we would also, and we'll keep talking about it. <laughs> I really would like your questions. Oh, send us a question. It doesn't have to be your question. It could just be a made-up question. I mean, you, you can trust us. Yeah. We're eminent sexologists. We're <laughs> Is that kind. what we are? Yeah. And we like to have a laugh and stuff on the podcast, but only like... We'd never laugh really at true. anyone. No. Yeah, that's a good point to make, right, isn't it? Always... If somebody sends in a question, we'll treat it with all seriousness. We might laugh at our own silly answer, but we wouldn't laugh at the question or the questioner. We're ever. always saying silly things that make each other laugh, but yeah, we mm. tre- we're both pros. We've been, we, <laughs> you know, MJ's a therapist. I've been doing this for years. Yeah. You know, we're well serious. Yeah, we've got some decades under our belt between us. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so until next time. Yes, bye for now. Bye. Bye.